Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. In the Parsha of the week, Beshalach, in the book of Exodus, let me get this off here. The Israelites crossed the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was destroyed, and the people were finally rid of this tyrannical Pharaoh. At long last, they could relax. 400 years of assaults on their bodies and their souls, 400 years of fear and violence had ended. All was good. The Israelites had God on their side. God nourished them with manna. God protected them. God navigated for them. There was no chance of getting lost out there in the wilderness. There was the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. It was better than any GPS system that would ever be invented. God even fought Israel's wars. At the Red Sea, as the Pharaoh's chariots were fast approaching, Moses declared to the panicked people, have no fear. God will fight for you. All you need to do is stay silent and observe the great deliverance. So when the Israelites were attacked by a desert tribe called Amalek, soon after the crossing, it must have come as a rude shock. What? Again? No sooner had we left 400 years of slavery, no sooner had God defeated the mighty Egyptian army that we must now confront a new enemy threatening our survival. Later, Jewish tradition considered Amalek not a specific tribe, but a general description of evildoers, those who attack vulnerable people, who believe that might makes right. In other words, the struggle against evil never ends. It doesn't end with the destruction of one enemy. There are always more enemies. There was hardly any respite at all between the destruction of Pharaoh and the praying of the people of Amalek. Life is a nonstop battle, a perpetual struggle. A struggle against the forces that could destroy us, whether those forces are natural, viruses, cell mutations, storms, droughts, or threats from other people. Amalek attacked at the moment of the people's greatest weakness, when they were famished and weary. They preyed on the weakest of the lot. The Bible tells us they preyed on the stragglers. It's what evil always does. It gains supremacy when we let our guard down. And it strikes the weak first, those least capable of resisting. When this savage clan attacked, the people must have assumed that God would destroy Amalek as God destroyed Egypt, a much more powerful foe. They probably expected Moses to say the same thing he said just a short while ago. Have no fear. God will fight for you. All you have to do is stay silent and observe the deliverance. But that's not what happened. The Israelites had to fight on their own. Prepare for battle against Amalek, Moses instructed Joshua. There would be no miracle on this day. If they were going to prevail, they would have to do it on their own. The Torah doesn't give us any details about the battle. 
We don't know how many men fought. There is no description of strategy or tactics. We know only one basic detail. Moses climbed a hill overlooking the clashing sides, and whenever he raised his hands, Israel prevailed. But whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew weary, we read that two men, Aaron, Moses' brother, and Hur, Moses' brother-in-law, according to tradition, took a stone, placed it under Moses so that he could sit, and the two men, one on each side, held Moses' hands aloft until Joshua overwhelmed Amalek. Now, Jewish tradition is careful to emphasize that Moses' hands did not make or break the battle. There was no miracle here. It wasn't the actual raising of his arms that somehow supernaturally swung the war. Rather, the rabbis emphasized that what Moses was doing was encouraging the people to look at him. That's why he was situated on the hill overlooking the battle. And that is why he wanted his arms to stay aloft. By raising his arms, the people would see their leader and gain strength. No person can withstand the force of gravity alone. We can only keep our arms up aloft for a short period of time. And that's what the people saw on the hill. They saw a man contending with the same forces that the people themselves were contending with. Moses was weary. He was sitting on a stone in extreme discomfort. He strained against the force of gravity and was defeated by it. He needed the two other men to help him keep his arms aloft. The only way Moses could keep his arms up was through the support of other people. He had to rely on them. And that's what the people saw when they looked up on the hill. They saw Moses that couldn't do it on his own. He needed to rely on other people. The actual verse in the Torah describing Moses on the hill is magnificent. Vayahi yadav emunah ad bo hashamesh. And Moses' hands remained steady until sunset. The word the Torah used to describe Moses' hands remaining steady is emunah, a word that we commonly associate, associate with faith or belief. When the people looked up on the hill, they saw Moses prevail against the forces arrayed against him through emunah, through a steadiness born of faith in other people who would help Moses with his struggles. The only way to defeat the evils of the world is through faith in each other, belief in the reliability of one another, confidence that I can rely on you, I can depend on you, and you can depend on me. It's a profound lesson. We cannot prevail over life's challenges alone. 
We must do it together. Everyone needs someone to hold their arms up, to keep them aloft, especially when we are vulnerable. Philosopher Franz Rosenzweig wrote this profound passage. None of us has solid ground under our feet. Each of us is held up by neighborly hands, grasping us by the scruff with the result that we are each held up by the next one. And most of the time, we hold each other up mutually. There is no such thing as standing. There is only being held up.